Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Pod. We have a guest, Maggie Dong, with us from California. She is a fitness and a life coach. And um, so she's just going to be sharing some tips with us here, kind of her story of how she got into that field and ask some questions and, and see how she, she can help add value to some of you that are listening. If you can reach out to her and definitely see how she can help you out. Maggie, thanks for being with us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We are excited. So I feel like, okay, life and fitness coach, those are like two pretty big (laughs) things. A life coach in and of itself, I feel like could be pretty heavy. And then fitness. So do you kind of have clients that are one or the other, or do you kind of make it like a all like inclusive, like life and fitness together coach? So I do have separate programs, but my coaching is based on the four areas of fitness. So I have the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And, you know, that covers your life. You have the four areas, but I categorize these in terms of fitness. So when we talk about mindset, that's mental fitness. When we talk about emotion, that's emotional fitness. Mm -hmm. So that's how my fitness and life coaching works. (laughs) That's brilliant. I like that. Thank you. So, okay. So like, how did you get into that? So you... Did you grow up just loving this fitness? And then you notice like, wow, like my life and my fitness life kind of spills over into all these other areas and notice a big difference and then decide to start coaching. Like what got you down going down this path that you realized you love this? Yeah. When I grew up, I hated sports. So (laughs) this was never the path that I was going to take. But, you know, something changed when I was 16. And when I was 16, my my entire life basically flipped because I lost my mom. Lost my mom to breast cancer. And a few years before that, so when I was 14 or 15, I actually... So my dad was put in jail when I was 14 or 15 and then I lost my mom. So then I was just this like 16 year old with my 11 year old brother and I had to step up and take a lot of responsibility for my life and for, for my, my family as well. And at that time, I came down with an eating disorder because I felt like I had lost control in all areas of my life. So I was trying to hold on to some sort of control. And I use that control as trying to manipulate my body and my food and my exercise. So I was exercising excessively at the gym and barely eating any food. And that was my eating disorder that I came down with. And after that, I realized that my life with this eating disorder and living a lifestyle that is so extreme and so unhealthy for me. So I took on my fitness journey where I decided to get fit in a healthy way and find this balanced lifestyle so that I don't have to, you know, torture myself pretty much at the gym all the time and not eat any food. But after I got my dream body, like you think that when you get there, you're going to be so happy with your life and everything is going to be so good. But I got my dream body and I realized that I was so unhappy. Like my mental health was not in check. I was still dealing with depression, anxiety, and loss, grief, and all that stuff that I didn't want to face. So then I needed to face these other areas like my mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. So 
that's when I found the fitness because I realized that if we miss any one of these areas, we will not live a balanced lifestyle and we will constantly try to fill a void within ourselves that can't be filled. And that's what I did for a long time. I was using food to fill that void. I was using my business to fill a void and I was using my relationships to fill a void. But that void could only be filled once I looked within. So that's how I came up with the four areas. I love that. Number I one. 100% can resonate with that. I feel like I'm I'm listening to my own story. <laughs> and so you and I have so much in common when it comes to grief, loss, eating disorders, the projection of how we see ourselves in the mirror, the, the body image and dysmorphia and all that stuff. And it, you know, similarly, I, I turned to uh, fitness for the same reason. It was a way for me to manipulate and control what I saw on the outside while I was all hurt on the inside. And so kind of the same concept like my with my brand getting fit from within. And that's the same same philosophy, mental, emotional, uh, spiritual well-being, while the physical becomes a byproduct of what is inside. So beautifully said, I give you the courage for you know sharing this because I know firsthand it's not easy. It's a lot. And and we feel like you're alone when we're in that suffering stage. Yeah. Sorry for your loss and hearing that story. You started and then it was just like wow, that's really sad. But then you just kept going like, wow, this chick's tough. And like, being on that on with your brother, that's incredible. And I think too, like, obviously this all started right as a result of this, like with your mother and your father, and then going down this path, was there, was there a person? Was there somebody that you looked up kind of like noticed that you, but you know what I mean? Like what, what made you go like, wow, like this isn't fixing any, like you said that you, you noticed it and you wanted to change it, but was there something that happened? Was there like a, okay, I don't feel right or whatever. I'm not, I'm not addressing these issues head on. I'm covering it up with this bandaid. I need to get to the root of it. Um, was there something that happened? And then like, what was that process? Like you figured, like, did you have a mentor that you followed or what did, what did you do to pull yourself out of that? So I would say growing up, I was just this pretty driven person. And I I think that came from my mom because my mom was this... I mean, she was a superwoman. She had cancer for six years. So when I was 10, she got cancer. And she was taking care of everything. She had her own business. She was taking care of the family, her kids. And my dad was never there. And she was a woman who drove herself to surgery. She wouldn't even let people take care of her because she was that strong. And and she was the person I looked up to for a long time. And I and I felt like after I lost her, it would only be her, her legacy for me to follow that footstep for mm-hmm. for a while. And now, obviously, I'm not following her footsteps anymore because I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. But knowing that she was that person, that superwoman that I always looked up to, I think that's what drove me after I lost her because I wanted to do what she had done for me. And I wanted to do the things that she did for other people. And I wanted to continue that on for my brother and for other people. So yeah, she was this role model and I can only, you know, be be grateful for the things that I have learned from this entire experience. And I know that people always ask me, like, do you wish things are different? Do you wish that you never lost her? And I tell people that I don't ever wish that things are different. Yes, I do miss her. But if this never happened, I wouldn't become who I am today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
when we talk about going through some of those, uh, you know, the emotional things that, that really hold us back, grief and loss being one of them. I know for me firsthand with struggling with, the, you know, the loss of my brother, it was at the point where it's kind of like, how do we pick up the pieces in a positive way that now brings light to what the gift that, that they had given us, right? Because they had given us so much, like our loved ones. And really using that to better ourselves, but also impact and better other people as well. So it's kind of like, like that. continuing that legacy, taking the bits and pieces and making the best of what we can and how we can really show up for ourselves, but yet show up for others as well. Absolutely. So I commend you on that. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a journey. And I think without struggles, there's really no success in that sense because it helps shift us and shape us into who we are. And, you know, when I look back at my life, so similarly, like how you had said, it's like, we got to be grateful for those moments. Sure, it sucks, right? But it's like, where would we be if we hadn't overcome something? And I think that's the the important message, uh, you know, really like we can let that hold us back or and define us or we can let let it become a fuel and redefine us. Yeah, so, like you can either play the victim in your life, which it it's so much easier to play the victim yeah. and say that, you know, if it's unfair and then blame life for for happening to you. But you have to understand that these things are happening for you and these things are here to teach you and shape you into who you're meant to be because without these hardships, how will we ever grow? Exactly. <laughs> Jinx. Um, so I think that's crazy. Like I can already tell that people that you coach probably get so much freaking value because, and I can't even imagine somebody like that, that you're coaching. Like I can't even imagine like giving you an excuse because you would be like, <laughs> listen, if I did this, this, and this, you're telling me you can't do that. So it's almost like that gift, like spreading forward of how many people are impacted because of the growth that you've gone through too. And so then you can hold these people in your clients to a higher level of accountability. You know, it's like you, you, you're not ever, I don't use anybody to do anything or, or create. It's like in the grand lifetime, what was like, probably start with, I don't know. I don't know what people re- are reach out to you specifically for. I have no idea, but like, if they're like, Oh, I'm going to hire this fitness coach. And then like, obviously you bring in all these other aspects of life with the emotional, spiritual, mental, all that kind of stuff. I just feel like people probably get way more bang for their buck because you do it all. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not an easy coach. I'm not an easy, (laughs) I'm not an easy person to be around. And, and, and it's not to say that I'm, I'm holding everybody around me to that high standard. Like people have the right to feel whatever they want to feel. And I understand that whatever struggle that they're going through is valid, but at the same time, a lot of people get intimidated by me, especially when it comes to dating. Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) eyes intimidated by me and it's very rare to find someone who can like step forward and and actually have a conversation with me about some of the things that I've been through and I love talking about because people people haven't been through them so people do get intimidated and it's unintentional yeah well who cares you are who you are so the right person's gonna come along that can that can handle you almost or challenge you maybe you know you seem like the kind of person you probably would like a guy to challenge you or whoever you're dating to challenge you kind of, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If it is, if he doesn't challenge me, he probably isn't the right person for me. Yeah. That's perfect. At least you know that about yourself. That's funny you say that. Cause I think a lot of like strong women sometimes have a hard time in the 
in the dating world because mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I never wanted to date somebody that was a pushover. Oh, me either. I want because <laughs> I think I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I their think, own. I guess right. And I think collectively, you know, when you're in a in a relationship, it, it should be like you know you build <laughs> each other up and grow together, right? Because it'd be kind of weird that like you're not being challenged and then you just continue to grow and there's this big wedge and divide. And it's like, you know, where are you going at this point then? Um, But no, I think it's, so are you currently dating anyone now? So it's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere with this conversation and we're doing it. Yeah. It's complicated because, so this guy that I started talking to, like, I think four months ago, he said he wasn't ready for a relationship and it wasn't because of me it, it just he he wasn't ready for a relationship and I know this guy like I kind of felt the first time that we're like meant to be I, I just like had the thing so I like wait it out and then be patient with him which is what I've been doing the past four months and in in past relationships I've always been kind of like the stronger I, I, I don't want to say stronger but I was doing a lot of things and my past boyfriends, they were kind of just like following me along. It felt like I was dragging them along and I was doing all this work on myself and they were kind of just like being forced to do it because they saw me do it. They didn't have that internal drive to work on themselves and to really do anything with their lives. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, for a while, I mean, my last relationship was three years and I didn't walk away from it for a long time because I felt like people would change. And I felt like, oh, he will eventually, he will be driven and he will do his own thing, but it never happened. And getting out of that relationship, I had to look back and reflect on that. And I realized it was me and I didn't have the courage to walk away. I didn't love myself enough to walk away from that situation. And that inspired me to not settle for for these things anymore. And nowadays when I go about dating, I don't play dumb anymore because in in my past relationships, I would intentionally play dumb and I would intentionally like dim my own light to make other people comfortable. But I think as women, we have to understand that we're not here to make men comfortable. Yeah. If they feel uncomfortable, that's on them. Right. And you will find somebody who, who feels comfortable and who feels up for the challenge around you. And the guy that I'm currently talking to, I mean, he's up for the challenge. And that's why I'm here like, well, I'll just be patient. If he's up for the challenge, he'll eventually get there. Preach. I want every woman to hear what you just said about dating and not playing dumb or making them feel because it's crazy because even the strongest women do that. Like I look back at my past relationships and I'm like, I was an idiot. Like Aaron today would look back and be like, what? Why are you doing this or with this person? But a lot of reasons we think that we can change or we're going to inspire them or whatever. And it's like, that's, I wasted a lot of time. Sometimes we waste time but maybe it's a rite of passage as strong women you learn we learn through doing it I guess maybe but but I'm curious how that plays into like so your attitude toward like dating and those kind of like like rising up your kind of overflow into like like I don't want to say you ever break up with a client but are you ever like I'm giving you all this and you seem to not be interested in the work like you can keep paying me if you want but <laughs> you know what I mean kind of like that 
here and it's not worth your time, effort, or energy to pour into somebody that doesn't really want it. Right. So, I mean, I feel like with any coach and client relationship, it's it has to be a two-way street, right? You can only lead a horse water, water, but you can't make it drink. Like I can show people like everything that they need to know. I can hold them accountable, but if they're not willing to do the work, yeah. I'm not going to be there to hold their hand. And I think that's not the coach's job to hold people's hands. And if you're a coach and if you're this like over-caring person, which I was and all of my chips, all of my client relationships as well. I wanted to hold people's hand and do things for them so that they can just get through this. But you're actually not helping if you're if you're trying so hard to do everything for them because they will never learn. And I know as overgivers and and you know people who care so much and as women, we just want to do everything for other people. We want to do everything for for our partners. And we I think don't see sometimes that our, our definition of helping sometimes isn't actually helping because when you are trying to change people, when you are holding their hand through it all, they would always need you to be there if they want to do something on their own that you don't want that dependence on you. Yeah. And it gives them someone to blame later mm-hmm. on. <laughs> they go back yeah. to their <laughs> patterns and it's your fault not theirs. Right. And that, that kind of sets up for like the difference of a coach is that a coach is there to actually instill the confidence and the tools in you so that you can think and do these decision-making things on your own. Whereas if you have a hand-holding coach and, you know, writing meal plans and structured workouts, so it's almost like then the dependency upon you, you're not really doing your job as a coach because a coach is actually to coach them into, you know, weaning them off. And so they can go live life without a coach in that sense where that dependability, it's almost, it becomes kind of the opposite of what a coach is needed for, I think. Exactly. Like, I don't want my clients to pay me and be with me forever. That's not the goal. I like after a program and I mean, it depends on where the client's at, but I don't want to keep the client just continually like going on for years and years. Like that's not coaching and that's not actually helping. So I'd rather just have my clients learn the skills that they need to do to do it on their own in the time that they have with me so that they can just have the freedom to do whatever they want because I don't want to be there to hold their hand. I'm not the parents. Even the parent is not <laughs> there to hold the kid's hand forever. Right. right. Yes. I was just sitting here thinking like when you guys were talking, cause I coach basketball and I was like, yeah, it's like, I tell my kids all the time. Like my girls, like I can't go out and make this play or shoot the ball for you or make the pass. Like I take my time with coaching you so that when you're, when it's game time and you're playing the game, you have the confidence to do what you need to do and make your own decisions in the game because I can't be in the game with you. Right. So I think that's perfect. Just coaching and teaching and guiding them to, grow in their own confidence and be able to make their own good choices Mm -hmm. or whatever. And yeah, maybe be there, right? Like easy turn of events or you need somebody for us, you know what I mean? Like to be there, but not enable them to always come back to you. I've had, I think too, and and I don't know with you, Maggie, if, if it's a case where you have mentors or coaches that you've had in your life that kind of treated you that way too. But I think that's part of being a good coach. Like I have like mentors in my life that they know me and they piss me off, but they know what to do to make me act, <laughs> to make me go in that way. So I think like sometimes that it, it takes that. It's like coaching isn't necessarily like a kumbaya 
moment, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's some really tough love involved. So yeah, exactly. You don't pay someone just like, and just expect everything to be like so good now just because you paid someone and like you can't expect them to just like show you every single thing like at some point you got to take responsibility for your own life and do the thing you need to move yourself forward and like you also can't rely on other people to to get you somewhere that you need to be because if you rely on somebody else know that it's not going to last forever because once this person's gone you then are lost or maybe it's a relationship you're relying on someone to make you happy. Once this person leaves now, your life is falling apart. So you can't rely on anybody else. You can't be like attached to people and things. 100%. And I think that's, you know, you see a lot of that in with the fitness industry, you know, keeping people on like meal plans one after another after another, where it's almost like that fear factor where if they were to quit that subscription or coaching or whatever it is, that there's this fear that they're going to regress because they actually didn't learn the tools and, you know, the know-hows to do it on their own. So, you know, I think for, for having, you know, being, being in that coaching position, it really should be give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And that's the same concept with coaching is that it's really not about just like a quick fix, changing the breath, you know, bandage on your wounds or whatever you're coming to that coach for, but it's really preparing them to get down to heal and to address the issues at hand that are really preventing them from getting the results that they want in the long term. And I know, especially with women, when we come for like fitness coaching, we typically say, I want to lose X pounds. Well, we know as coaches, it's like, okay, but that's not what they need. That's what they Mm -hmm. want, but it's not what they need. And so that's kind of doing that inner work because we really get to, you know, uncovering some of these issues at hand where, you know, sometimes with the women, we become so impatient. We're like, no, but where's this 10 pounds you promised me? And it's like, hold on, we didn't promise anything because you can't get the results if you didn't do the work. And so that, that's a huge thing. I know I actually made a post about that fairly recently. It was that it's not, our, it's not the coach's job to get you the results. It's to help navigate you and mm-hmm. provide you the tools and guidance and, and everything you need to employ them onto your own life and take action. So very well said. That was so good. Because like, it's, it's so needed. And it's like, especially with women, we don't want the handholding. Like we do, but we don't, right? So it's mm-hmm. the want and the need. Absolutely. I would... Love it if someone could follow me around and like knock pizza out of my hand and wine <laughs> sometimes. I am curious though, too, Maggie, with your coaching. So, when someone uh, becomes a client or wants to work with you or buy a program, I'm just curious, like with going through all these four pieces, do you start like so? So, when someone hires you as a coach, they're getting this comprehensive, they're getting all of that within coaching. Start like, do you tackle them individually? Is it a holistic, like, we're going to start with fitness? And while I'm training you on this, we're going to add these pieces in? Or like, what what does that look like with your style? Mm, So I have two separate programs. So it depends on where people want to start. So my fitness, my my strictly physical fitness program is called Confidently Lean. And that's where we work on your training, your nutrition, your gut health, stress management, and all that stuff so that you can get your physical health in check. And I have that separately because I think physical health in and of itself, it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> and the other coaching program is called the Magnetic Attractor. That's where we work on our mental, emotional, and spiritual fitness. And we work on self-love so that we can manifest and attract the relationship that we want. 
and that goes to you know the relationship and not dependent on other people and not chasing after relationship but you have to be able to work on these things by yourself and be whole and complete on your own first before you get into a relationship and that's what we do in magnetic attractor you work on all of these areas the mental emotional spiritual and the end result is actually you know after you have become this whole and complete person that that doesn't need anybody that's actually when the relationship comes into your life yeah I love both of those things. If you had somebody that was like, I need to change my whole entire life and you had these two programs, is there one that you would say like start here first and then go to this one next or varies per person? I think it varies. I think some people have a little bit more of a difficult time with their physical health. So maybe they been yo-yo dieting from time and and I would say, you know, start start with the physical, confidently lean. But if somebody is like not not stressed out about their diet, not really stressed out about their body, I would say start with the other one because once you have the other three areas in check, you actually have that carried over into your physical health. Because I mean your physical health is a lot about mindset as well. Because I can give you all the tools that you need, but if you don't have the mindset that 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 is required to be disciplined, to show up, then the tools will not matter. So it depends on where people are at and where they're starting out. And do you work primarily with women? Yeah. So these two programs are both for women. And I do have just like single one-on-one coaching sessions. I open that up to mode, just life coaching sessions where we work on the four areas of your fitness. Got it. Love it. I love all this stuff. This is good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie about you. At first, I, you like when we started, you were kind of like quiet and timid. <laughs> Dang, this girl's powerful. You got a lot of good Thank stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Loving it. I think I'll just add one more thing okay. about <laughs> this. I love talking about this because I see so many women chase after love and my my biggest thing with magnetic attractor and confidently lean is like stop chasing people and stop chasing love stop chasing the money because if you think about it if you're chasing someone it implies that he is running away from you so let's say you know you, you want this relationship so badly instead of chasing because that's our first instinct like you want to go chase and you want to just try to get this person to like you and that's actually you know in kind of relationship that I'm in right now. <laughs> At the beginning, wow. like I did have the tendency of, oh my gosh, I just want want this guy to like like me. I just want to chase him. But if you chase somebody, the more you chase, the more they pull away, the, the, the more they run. And the better way to do it is to work on yourself and become the person that you actually want to be with and become the woman of your dreams. So that people want to be with you and you don't have to do the chasing. So this is why the four areas that, that you work on, you work on your self-love is so that you become the person that you want to can to you. Amen. And yes. So, so spot on. Yeah. And that's exactly what the confident woman is. It's about reclaiming your power and stepping into who you're created to be. So it's about becoming the confident woman because that's the journey that you know, for many of us embark on is really to embody all four of those pillars. 
And when you do, you become that confident woman. You radiate so much of that confidence, your esteem, your, um, you know, your demeanor and all the stuff that, that comes with it because it's like you become everything that you've ever wanted to be. And of course, it's a journey. It's never a final destination. So beautifully said. So I'm, I'm honored that you're here. And can you tell our guests how they could find you and learn more about you and your programs? Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was amazing. And I am mostly on Instagram at Maggie Dong underscore. And I have a podcast called Mind Muscle Enlightenment about the four areas of fitness. And my coaching programs are all linked on my Instagram. I have like a link tree that will take you to the coaching programs and the one-on-one coaching sessions with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll include those in the show notes as well. So thank you again for for just, you know, owning you, right? It's it's powerful when we step into who we are. And, and you know, we all have a story and it's, uh, it takes courage to share this. So I commend you on that. And so thanks again. I, I know you've added such great value for our listeners. So looking forward to following you along on your journey as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's The Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.